0: Hell yeah, motherfuckers. Hell machine right there, dude. Brand new track called "Devil Spawn from the new record Relentless Aggression. Let's call these motherfuckers up right the fuck now and see what the fuck is going on in their world, man. hell machine how's it going <laughs> dude what's going on man can you hear me all right yeah i can hear you great man
1: oh excellent <laughs> um i'm us just hanging out on a saturday enjoying a coffee
0: fuck yeah dude we just got done blasting devil <laughs> spawn man that shit was fucking badass dude tell us man oh, cheers hell yeah hell yeah cheers uh, tell us what's going on in the world of uh, Hell Machine, man.
1: Um, we just recorded and released our second full-length album, Relentless Aggression. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Fuck yeah, man. So, uh, well, tell us, give us a little bit of backstory about it, man. Like, uh, uh, How did you guys get started and how did this all come about?
1: Um, I started the band uh, about five years ago just as a solo project, just playing, like writing and recording my own stuff and it was all all just through bass because I'm just a bass player, I'm not a guitar player, so I started just seeing how far I could push that sound, just recording my demos and stuff and then I got my my drummer Mel Machine involved and he was pretty keen on the project and we became a live band after that and started doing a few gigs around we recorded our first album merciless hate about three years ago and just really enjoyed it weren't really done there so we really wanted to push to do the second album so yeah worked really hard on it for the last couple of years and now we're seeing it all come to fruition
0: fuck yeah man so so you guys it's just a two-piece uh how did that work out as far as playing live
1: um it's great because no one is ever late and you never have to rely on anyone else <laughs> and we always sound tight as because we're a bass player and a drummer.
0: So, so it's still just but, but the two of you guys on, on stage? Just two of
1: us on stage. Basically, everything is done live. I, I've got a bit of a pedal board set up and the main gist of the pedal board is that, that I split my bass signal through an octave pedal and then I run that second signal through a guitar cab as well. So when we're playing live, we've got two cabs going, guitar and bass. And they're both putting out two different tones. So there's actually a guitar tone and actually a bass tone. And it's all, all live. And it, yeah, it
0: sounds huge. Wow. You know, I, I know I read that you guys were a two-piece, but I didn't put it together like when I was listening to it in my ears it just sounded like a full band. Like I was thinking I was imagining that you guys just sat there and played each instrument and recorded it all together, you know? Like I didn't know it was just literally just two instruments, drums and bass. Yeah. That's fucking bad. Like bass. initially
1: when I wanted to do the bands, the there's some people use overdubs and some people do, you know, other stuff live but I just really didn't want to do that. I didn't want to track a guitar and have it going and you can have issues with that and I just don't really feel like it's true like some bands do it I have nothing against it but just really wanted to just do an actual true two piece so yeah even even on the record we actually used another splitter pedal and recorded everything everything is true live sounds no reamping anything we actually used two guitar cabs and a bass cab and just tracked everything live in the room
0: wow what uh, For the gearheads out there that are probably wondering right now, like what kind of cabs and, and uh, gear did you, did you use to get those sounds?
1: Oh, I believe on the album we used um, the, the two guitar heads. We used uh, 6105 and uh, I think it was a Blackstar for the heads. And then for the bass, I used my Ampeg, Ampeg rig with a Mark bass cab.
0: Nice. Nice. All right, so uh, so I gotta ask you about this album cover, man, because it's fucking awesome, dude. You got this fucking like double-headed demon. He's holding a fucking big ass fucking axe with a pentagram on it and shit, dude. (laughs) It's fucking metal as fuck, man. Who who did this? uh, Did this art for you?
1: Um, It's a bloke by the name of um, Daniel Shaw. Goes by Sawblade. And um, he's done a lot of other work for. I think he's from um, from Texas somewhere. So yeah, he's an American bloke, but um, been a big fan of his art for a while. Like he's done some stuff for Toxic Holocaust, um, Municipal Ways to Insect Warfare, a lot of other bands I really like, and I've just just saw his stuff and always really dug his style. Like almost exclusively black and white, and he does a lot of um, just evil satanic stuff and. I actually wanted to do get him on the first album we did, but his price was way too high, and this time around we had um, a little bit more money behind us, so he was my first choice, and he said yes straight away. So I was stoked when he said yes, and I just gave him the idea, and he ran with it, and just, yeah, did an amazing job. Like, it's pretty much what I wanted out of the cover for someone to just pick it up and look at it and go, wow, that's badass, like, I wanna to listen to that album. So I think it definitely pulls that off.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. And, and and now that you're telling me that it's that it's you know that it's just a two piece. It's just the two of you guys. I'm looking at the cover right now, and I'm thinking, is that like a representation? That demon is that a representation of like you guys together, like this two headed fucking beast, fucking standing on a pretty pile. much <laughs>
1: hell yeah, dude. <laughs> pretty much. That was kind of. It's actually based on. um We've got the, the album closer, Hammer of Hate, and it's kind of just about hating the world and hating society and people, and but that was kind of like the anthropomorphic idea of uh, us just destroying everything and, you know, getting rid of everything that pisses us off. So, you know, we are like the, the two-headed demon just crushing everything
0: in our wake, you know? Yeah. was fucking awesome, man. All right. Well, uh, uh, for, for for people out there that want to find out more information about you guys, go fucking support the band, uh, get some merch, stuff like that. Where should they go? Where's the best place to go? Uh,
1: we do all of our own merch, all of our own, um, yeah, sales and that. Uh, the biggest platform we use is Bandcamp. I, I believe we're under hellmachine.bandcamp.com. Mm-hmm. Um, if you follow... Facebook and Instagram, all those, you know, social media footholds, you can pretty easily find our way. Everything kind of funnels you into our Bandcamp page, and, you know, everything's all on there. We've got patches, CDs, all the uh, all the new album and everything, uh, um, physical and digital copies. So, yeah, just a couple of clicks away.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm looking at it right now, man. You you guys even have a USB key. That's-
1: yeah, yeah, we did those for the, the first album launch, and um, we had a couple of left, so we actually put both albums on the USB key, so you get the USB key, you can chuck it in your car or on your computer, and the album just pops up straight away, and it's got both albums on it this time around. And you can put whatever else you want on there too, so it's both functional and
0: badass. That is cool, man. Any chance of uh, this album getting getting put on vinyl?
1: we actually have the uh, order in at the moment for the vinyl but we're holding off on releasing the pre-sales because there's just there's a massive yeah. shortage in vinyl at the moment in this country so we were told 18 to 20 weeks away <laughs> so you know what's that three four months and we only just finalized all the you know the printing process about three weeks ago so sometime next year we're going to do it so we're, we're not quite gonna release it now but it is um definitely gonna happen
0: yeah yeah it's crazy man the whole vinyl thing like right now it's it's all over the news dude like everywhere man it's just there's this massive shortage and it's fucking it's it's fucked up
1: yeah i think there's it with this whole covid thing there's a lot of bands that are producing albums lately and especially these days vinyl is so much more you know a bigger platform than it ever used to be like now vinyl in the last couple of years has outsold cds and outsold vinyl from decades ago it's just it's the thing that people want to get so naturally i think those two things combines with more bands doing stuff and more bands printing on vinyl it's just yeah big shortage everywhere
0: <laughs> oh so, well, yeah man so, uh, so uh, how, how has the, uh, as far as the pandemic goes, like, how has that affected you guys? Have, have it, has it affected you guys much or?
1: Oh, I, th- I think like probably most bands in the world, it's pretty royally screwed us over. Um, mm-hmm. Australia is quite a, we're, it's, we're a funny country, like, especially where we come from. We are smack bang in the middle of the country. So we come from the desert in Alice Springs, right in Central Australia. So the closest city for us to drive to is about 1,400 kilometres away, uh, which is up north in Darwin. So for us to do any kind of real gigging that isn't locally, we've got to fly or drive, you know, more than 1,000 kilometres away. And we had quite a few shows booked next year. Sorry, we had some shows booked last year that were all cancelled because of all the lockdowns and all the COVID stuff because every state kind of manages their state differently and basically at one point every state was locked down everyone was locking out every other state so we just couldn't travel around like we we booked tickets to do a few shows and we had to you know the show was cancelled we had to cancel the tickets lost money lost all kinds of things so I think we had five out of our six interstate shows cancelled last year all because of COVID. Damn.
0: Well, I got to I got to ask you man since uh since bass guitar is obviously the uh the main well it's the only it's the only instrument it's the, that's the spotlight in this uh as far as the riff is concerned man who's some of your favorite bass guitarists like uh who who influenced you?
1: Uh Definitely from an early age, like one of the biggest ones, Steve Harris from Iron Maiden. Yeah, he he's got you know the the finger technique, and like I I don't know if you can tell on the album, uh, but I don't use a pick or anything. Everything is just fingers. So he was one of the bass players that really kind of pushed me or inspired me to play that kind of style. He does lots of little licks, lots of little runs, very melodic, and he just he just pummels like the his. His right hand action is amazing. Like, he just never lets up. So I played a lot of Iron Maiden early on. Um, obviously, Cliff Burton from Metallica, he, he's fingers as well, but he does lots of lead stuff. He, he really played the bass like a lead instrument to mm. me, you know, stuff like Anesthesia. Like, when I first heard that song, I didn't even know it was a bass. Like, so, yeah. Cliff Burton, and um, Steve DiGiorgio from Death is also a massive influence on me.
0: Yeah. He's
1: obviously another shredder who just plays fingers, but just, he, he can play those 30-second notes seamlessly, and just you, you hear those little bass licks and his bass tone just stick out in a lot of the stuff he plays, Like and it just, it's really up the front. So those kind of lead bass players were really the inspiration for me playing when i started playing when i was a lot younger
0: hell yeah man yeah steve steve de giorgio is badass too man i had him i actually had him on the show uh earlier this year man he's a really cool dude too oh
1: nice yeah oh yeah he seems like a really really top bloke like you know And he's just an amazing player. Like, every project he's done, he's, you know, just seems to crop up in something new or another band or something else he's got going on. And it's always awesome. Like, I just, you know, sit there wide-eyed when I listen to him and just amazed at what he can produce on a bass. It's incredible. Particularly the old stuff like Death and Sadus. I was really, really
0: into. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that shines through a lot in Hell Machine. Hell Yeah. And uh, of course Cliff Burton man fucking uh you, you're right though like he 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 definitely played it like a lead instrument and there's so many there's actually so many different parts in some of those older Metallica songs from those first few records where he uh he you know he played uh played the bass like a lead guitar in the song and when you're listening to it you don't really you don't recognize that that's actually that's actually him, like, uh, I think he does it in Orion too
1: Yeah, he's got he does like two solos in Orion the um, mm-hmm. the first little lead lick in Orion, like he plays that and he actually does a full The fir, I think it's the first solo section after the kind of slow instrumental part, he comes in with that and just yeah, does just this amazing solo and yeah, I didn't realise for years it was actually bass, but you know, you listen back to it when you know it's bass it's, it's so obvious, but yeah, he just, just you know, was leagues ahead of a lot of other people at his time and, you know, really outshine even the other guys in Metallica.
0: Yeah, for sure, man. And Iron Maiden, dude, like that was, you know, uh, Number of the Beast was the first record that really got me into metal. I mean, I was already, uh, you know, I was watching uh, MTV in the early 80s, you know, seeing stuff like Twisted Sister and shit like that. But uh, I remember a cousin came over and he was like, you, you got to check this out. And I was just a little kid and he, he brought over this record and it was Number of the Beast and he put it on this on the turntable and started playing it. And I just sat there and listened to it with the headphones on and went into a whole nother world. And I mean, uh, it's just, I've been a fan of them ever since, man. It, fuck. Yeah,
1: they were a yeah, really influential band for me when I was a lot younger. I picked up bass, I think, 15, 16, and they were one of the first bands that i really really started listening to that got me into the more old school kind of metal and you know traditional metal which i'm a massive fan of these days and yeah no, a yeah, number of the beasts is just a buddy you can't touch that album like it's it's amazing even these days you know it still holds up so well you know you can give that to anyone who's never heard metal or anything and they just they love it because it's you know just a solid album
0: yeah it really is man All right, dude, I got some questions for you coming in from the listeners. Uh, Lady Red wants to know, what do you prefer, blood baths or showers?
1: Oh, I don't have a blood bath, so I usually take showers.
0: (laughs) Right. (laughs) Uh, Next question, Secret Weapon wants to know, who taps the most groupies in the band? (laughs) Uh, I don't know. Probably, I reckon Mal used to, but we're
1: both tied up at the moment, so we've got uh, we've got our own permanent groupies at the moment.
0: <laughs> Next question: uh, Carl wants to know, have you had any tech or pyrotechnic disasters happen while performing live?
1: Unfortunately, no pyrotechnics, but um, we have had quite a few uh, tech malfunctions because of the the nature of Hell Machine, my, my pedal board setup. I've, I'm obviously running a few different pedals and there's a bit going on there and we, we did a tour for our first album uh, about three years ago and uh, long story short, the um, guitar signal kept dropping out and there's just some ghosts in my pedal board. I tried rerouting pedals, different power supply, tried, you know, tweaking the amps and for the first couple of shows would be mid-set and then just the guitar would die and, you know really frustrating and that, and we we managed to kind of sort it out in the end, but, yeah, I'd say that was probably the most frustrating one in the early days, really locking down my pedal board setup and making sure that it's uh, working properly and, you know, spitting out the right tone.
0: Oh yeah. Uh, Another question from the listeners, Uh, Vicky wants to know, have you ever been to Canada?
1: I have been to Canada, actually. Um, Ten years ago? Uh, I got a couple of mates living over there. I did a lot of, a lot of tra- traveling in my early 20s, so I went over to uh, – I uh, had some mates living in Alberta, and I yeah, went to – they were just outside of Edmonton, so I went and hung out with them, a couple of metalheads, and just partied with them for a bit, and, and I believe I went across to uh, BC, Vancouver, Vancouver Island. Yeah, really, really beautiful country.
0: Oh no, Yeah. Now, if you guys could play anywhere in the world, where would you like to play? I mean,
1: ideally, it would be really great to get over to, to Europe, like anywhere, probably particularly Germany. That The kind of music scene, the, the festival scene there in summer is compared nothing compared to what we have in Australia. So ideally, would really like to go over and you know do some shows in Europe, somewhere in Germany, something in Germany would be really awesome
0: yeah, if you could tour with anybody, who would you like to tour with?
1: Oh, that's a tough one to tour with Most of the bands I know, most of the bands I'm a fan of now are all kind of like getting old and debunked and <laughs> you know dying or whatever, but ah, uh, Imersful Fate are doing their final tour now to Merciful Fate would be pretty killer. Oh man,
0: hell yeah. Hell yeah! Yeah, I really, I really hope they come around here and, and do a show. But I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't see it happening. But I, I do see them doing, you know, a few shows at like festivals and stuff in Europe. It's so fucking badass. I wish they would put out a new record.
1: Yeah, oh, I reckon they still got one in them, but. We'll see. The only time will tell, I guess, this whole COVID nonsense is kind of really ruining a lot of stuff. And I know King's been sick for the last few years, so it's probably their last chance of really doing a proper, you know, kind of tour or anything. So, yeah, pretty nice to see that.
0: Yeah, definitely. I've definitely been thinking that something's up because he released that uh, that single. Was it Masquerade <laughs> of Madness? I think it was called um like what was that like two years ago and it was supposed to be for for a new king king record but then it never came out and then the whole fucking pandemic happened and it's just like everybody just went off into obscurity yes i think definitely you know everyone keeps talking
1: about it but this whole pandemic thing has just turned you know the music industry as a whole on its head no one can really plan ahead no one really knows where they're going and I think a lot of bands, it's, you know, force them to assess what they're doing with their futures. So, yeah, it's pretty shit house, but it'd be nice if it turns around sometime soon.
0: Hell yeah. Well, speaking of that, what kind of plans do you guys have <laughs> for the future?
1: We've got a couple of shows uh, booked next year, obviously only in Australia, because that's the only thing we can foresee us staying in. But, um, yeah, got two festivals on the cards, Um One in uh, Adelaide here, in South Australia. Really awesome festival called Churches of Steel, uh, run by a good mate of ours from um, Chris McThrashy from Hidden Tent, another sick Australian thrash band. And uh, another festival in Sydney, uh, Steel Assassins. That's uh, going into their 10th year. Um, Predominantly, it's a true metal, underground heavy metal festival. In Australia, there's not much emphasis on the traditional styles and old school styles of heavy metal so yeah pretty excited to play that one that's going to be a killer festival and trying to book a few more shows um to do with our album release so yeah still in the midst of booking a few more but we've definitely got those two locked in
0: hell yeah Well, I got got to give a shout out to uh, my brother, Scott, at Clawhammer PR for hooking us up with doing this interview, man. And I got to ask you also, uh, how did you guys get hooked up with him?
1: I actually got hooked up with uh, Scott through uh, a mutual friend of ours, well, a mutual um, kind of contacts. We've got a a local radio station here and a friend of mine, Lindsey, he's got his own heavy metal radio show called Eruption and he does lots of um he gets stuff from all over the world deals with all these different pr agencies and plays a lot of really good stuff on his station and and um we've been friends for quite a while just through the music scene and that and he when we were talking about releasing this album because we've we're just an independent band um lindsay straight away kind of said i think i know the um, this you know pr agency like this guy who might be really into your music he might really want to hook you up and Yeah, he actually put in a good word with with us, um, with Scott. And yeah, Scott jumped on it straight away, which is awesome. He's super keen on the release and everything. He's been really awesome to deal with. Seems like, yeah, top bloke. So cheers, (laughs) Scott, for hooking us up with you, Zach, and all the other stuff you've been doing for us. It's awesome.
0: Yeah, he's badass, man. Like, I, I don't even know where he came from, Like to be honest with you. As soon as I started doing internet radio... He was just in my inbox, like <laughs> it was just, it yeah. was just, it just happened. I was like, "Where the fuck? What the fuck is this? This is awesome!" Just sending me stuff. He's been sending me stuff for years, though, man. I love that guy. Yeah, he seems very proactive, is very passionate, and um, yeah, stoked
1: that he's picked up our stuff and doing kill a killer job spreading the Hell Machine word for us. So yeah, great job, Scott. If you're listening,
0: hell oh, yeah. Yeah, as soon as I seen, uh, well, you know what? It was the name, Hell Machine, that draw my attention, and I clicked on it, and then I looked at the album cover, and I was like, Scott, are these guys in? Inter- are they are they down for interv- interviews, man? <laughs> he was like, Hell yeah! So, uh, hell yeah, man! That's exactly what we were trying to
1: achieve with the name and the album cover artwork. Well, it it So did. you know exactly when. When you got got Hell Machine, you're like, oh, dude, that sounds that sounds awesome.
0: Yeah, it works, man. It works. All right. Well, I guess I'm Sweet. about out of questions for you. Is there anything else you want to add to let the people know?
1: Um, I don't know. If you dig our music and you dig the tune before, yeah, head over to our band camp, get a digital copy of the album. And, uh, yeah, we just hope you enjoy our music. Thanks, Zach.
0: Hey. Thanks. Thanks so- for having me on. Thank you for taking the time to talk to us, man. Uh, before I let you go, can I get you to make us a station tag?
1: Oh, right, what's, Metal Devastation, huh? Yeah.
0: whenever you're ready, say something um, like, uh, this is Hell Machine, and you're listening to Metal Devastation Radio. This
1: is Dave Hellraiser, and you're listening to Metal Devastation Radio.
0: <laughs> Fuck yeah, man, perfect. All right, dude. Well, what I'm gonna do now is I'm gonna blast some more Hell Machine for these motherfuckers so they can go crazy. All right.
1: Heck yeah. Thanks, Zach.
0: Hey, thank you, bro. Thank you, man. Cheers, and we'll talk to you later, brother. Legend. Have a good one. You too, man. There you have it, folks. Hell Machine live on the Zach Moonshine show with Metal Devastation fucking radio. Like I said earlier, put your speakers in your windows, put them in your front lawns, put them in your driveways. If you're living in the basement, duct tape your fucking speakers to the ceiling and crank this motherfucking shit up loud. This is Hell Machine with She Demon.